¡Luchadores! Podcast number eleven. Yes, we've been we've been away for a while, but it's because we were doing all those. Um, yes, there was three podcasts over a three week period. Yes, actually less than three weeks because I think it was two and a half weeks. We've been away, but your call is important to us. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> yeah, this is Vandal Drummond. I'm with Freda Wasparsa, and we are going to be looking over the life and careers of Ruben Juarez who passed away last week at the age of 90 and a little off topic but off topic but very apropos Bobby Heenan passed away who left a huge mark on the wrestling industry wrestling fandom and uh, we'll be covering both of their careers today yeah yeah I do want to make one quick announcement I don't have a I don't have a Titanes in El Ring character to go over today. You haven't in the past couple of weeks. I know. Past, past ep- I have episodes. the next best thing, and that's just oh, the really? announcement that Paulina Cardigan is uh, now putting out t-shirts uh, commemorating the Martin Cardigan versus La Momia match in 72. Uh, also, Caballero Rojo t-shirts and going to be coming out with a Yolanka t-shirt. So. Oh, wow. So uh, I've seen the designs of three of the shirts, and they are really nice. So on with the show. Yes. Ruben Juarez, who um, I actually did not know. I knew of basically because he's been in wrestling and stuff like that from reading the name on magazines and stuff like that. But you actually got to watch him wrestle when he was in Los Angeles in the early 70s. And I think most people actually knew him based off that from what I read early on. Yes, the first year I watched wrestling was in 1972, and I saw his huge baby face push. Were you, was, did you start watching when he first showed up, more or less? or Like right before he hit the scene. Uh, okay. It was the summer of 72. Probably the... F- did you see anything before him, like the feud with Ernie Ladd, where you thought, why is this guy getting the push? Because I saw that with a lot of people that are like grew up watching it. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand why Ruben Juarez was, you know, because he was a journeyman, really. And he was kind of like they viewed him as a journeyman. 
because they didn't know what he had done prior to that. Yeah. So. Well, being ten years old, I really didn't question. Did the ten year old, the ten year old Kurt, question where this guy came from and look through his Lucha Libre magazines? Well, I think at the time I maybe had three Lucha Libre magazines. Lucha Libre magazine was the very first wrestling publication I ever bought. Yeah. Uh, but no, I. There was no mention of him because he was in Los Angeles, obviously. Probably, yeah. yeah. I I think he hit the scene like right, like probably the first month I started watching. Mm-hmm. And what really put him on the map on a historic night in 1972. Mill Moskers actually did a clean job to Ernie Ladd. And that was in a Texas death match. It's the old school Texas death match where you had to pin the guy and then after a rest period, the guy had 10 seconds to get up and recover. Mm-hmm. Those were really popular matches back then. They could be really fun matches if you had the right two people. And they tried doing that stuff every once in a while, still, like a couple of years ago, I think they would still do that, like the 10 count. Yes. But it's like, I don't think they do them. They don't do them as much. I don't think they do Yeah, I think you have to have the right people doing yeah. them. And I, the last time I saw one was uh, was Don Morocco versus Tito Santana. I thought you were going to say like WCW Nitro. <laughs> no, but I, it, was, it was rather surprising because it was 1984. Yeah. Back then, Texas Deathmaster were just a fancy way of saying everything goes. But they actually had a... I watched those there. in world class a couple of times, but... By that point, it was... Yeah, it was a whole different yeah. ballgame. But it was a really cool concept. You, yeah. Pinfalls did not count. The pinfalls just signified a rest period. And then... I think I think it kind of went from that to the I Quit match. They kind of switched yes, over to the I Quit. Yes, yeah. uh, Ernie Ladd and Mill Moskers had a feud going. And one thing I will say, when I started watching wrestling, you know, there were heels that, you know, like a little kid... I wanted to see them get their butt kicks, but Ernie Ladd was one of the few that I actually was a little scared of. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He was six foot nine, and his gimmick was he had the taped thumb that he said was injured, and the referee would want to inspect it, and he would beg the referee off saying, no, my thumb hurts, you know. And then what he would do is he'd take the thumb and jab people in the throat with it, and they'd throw up a little bit of blood when he did that. Well... On the night he wrestled Moscarus, and one thing I didn't realize how lucky I was at the time, they showed uh, the highlights of that match on TV, but th- uh, they didn't show the entire match until like three months later, and it was just unscheduled. On a Saturday night, I was channel surfing, and I don't know why, but wrestling was on that night. It wasn't in the TV guide, but they showed the entire Texas death match. Wow. And it actually showed what a great uh, worker and a great heel Ernie Ladd was because, I mean, he clowned himself throughout the whole match. He had Mil Moskers kicking him from pillar to post. The fans were on a high. They saw Ernie Ladd just getting his butt kicked. But then at some point, the tide turns, and... Uh, he defeats Mill Moscarus, and I think it made the fans doubly mad that, you know, uh, he was just getting his butt beat. I mean, he sold it like he was the biggest pussy in the world. Yeah. But then he, uh, he um, you know, wins, and he's getting a lot of heat. And Raul Mata, who at my, that time was my favorite wrestler. Raul Mata, I thought, was the coolest Ral Mata runs in and looks in rage and starts wailing on Lad. And Lad sells the first few punches, but then he rakes Ral Mata's eyes. And, you know, they don't really do this much anymore. But when they rake the eyes back then, 
the baby faces would put their hands over their eyes like they were shot in the face. Yeah. And the cell job was cool. And since Mata was hurt, Lad just casually picks him up and starts jabbing him in the throat. And where I used to see wrestlers spit up a little bit of blood, Mata splits up blood all over him. And he had that thing where his eyes are half open. Yeah. Was having death throes, and it freaked me out, you know. I, I wish I could see it today to see... Uh, was I just an overly impressionable kid, or was it scary <laughs> as I remember? A little bit of both. <laughs> <And> then, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to now where I'm an incredibly impressionable old man. Uh, but anyway, as, as he's uh, you know beating up Raul Mata, Ben Wars runs in the ring. And it is funny, because Juarez was so much shorter than Lad. Yeah. I mean, and uh, Juarez is wearing dress shoes, and he takes off one of the shoes and just clocks Lad in the head with it and then clocks him again and eventually Lad juices a little bit and then he did his old thing where he had the Alka-Seppler in his mouth you know to show that Juarez was beating him so much that he starts frothing at the mouth and in fact Dan Farron on the California Classic Wrestling page actually posted a photo of that night yeah which is cool because I didn't I didn't know there were any photos well I knew there were probably photos but I hadn't seen them but that's what put Ruben Juarez over as the giant killer. 